What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have a very special guest. He resides in Los Angeles, California. He is the VP of Business Development at Elevator Studio, a partner at That Pillow Guy, Mr. Chris Cunningham. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with my story, but I want to give you a brief breakdown. So the the podcast essentially started as me and my wife's journey to getting out of $50,000 in debt started back in August. Whew. Yeah, it's a lot for someone my age, but I quickly realized that this platform of having a podcast has so much more potential. You can educate people, and that's what I've done through my own struggles and successes, but also interviewing people like you, Chris, people who are constantly striving to be a better version of themselves, but you also have your own personal story with personal finance. Everybody does. And I want to jump into your story and how that plays a role in the foundation of my podcast. But before we get into that, I always like to start with this question. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? Golly. <laughs> um, I mean, probably when I was younger, paying too much for like an you know, apartment. I've done that. Like I, I love the all glass and living that way. I think it's a big thing I spent a lot of money on when I was younger. To be quite honest, probably the dumbest thing is when I was like first doing well, like 21, 22, I would go to the clubs and I bottle service a lot. <laughs> I could. It's like the cool thing to do. So that's probably the dumbest thing by far. I mean, my car I have now is I always wanted it. So I mean, it's probably not the most genius purchase, but I like it. Uh, I'm younger when I go to certain meetings, so it's good to have. I think to pull up a nicer car. So yeah. cool say it's my dumb. I think it's yeah, just bottle service. Gotta <laughs> be cool. But the thing with bottle service too is you're kind of uh, like you have this persona, like you can afford the bottle service, so people flock to you. Kind of build your personal brand a little bit. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. I was just young and it seemed yeah. like the right thing to do. It's an investment in yourself. We'll talk, we'll say that. Yeah. So yeah, man. So those three things that I said, you know, Los Angeles elevator studio and that pillow guy basically just got off social media, but I know there's more to you than that. So kind of give me a 30,000 foot view of who Chris Cunningham actually is. From a small town, like we spoke before hopping on here. Um, and I think that's a big part of who I am because, uh, I, I just don't see things the same as everyone else, right? Like, so I think this gave me a whole different perspective being from a town that's so broke. Um, honestly, like, I think it was probably like the fourth poorest city on Yahoo. So where I'm at, we used to have a bunch of uh, Martinsville, Virginia, had a bunch of factories. Everything was great. There's jobs went overseas, gone. Um, so everyone had to find like new ways to make money. And I never wanted to, to be like that. So I always um, I made sure I tried to stay ahead. So that's why I really cared about like learning how to be on a computer, traveling, things like that were huge for me. So I studied abroad. I was in college, lived in Europe, and I learned a lot when I was there. Um, I really found a, a passion for business and just marketing in general. I thought it was cool. That's what I did when I was over there. Um, and then when I graduated, I went to work for this company called Cvent. Cvent is like event management software, kind of like Expedia and Travelocity, but focused on group business. Became the youngest manager at that company and did pretty well. Um, I think I saved and you know definitely grew up. While I was in college, I guess I skipped. I helped start a social media company. I never thought much would come of it, um, but I really had fun doing it. But then later, as I, was, I kept it as a side hustle, I was at my main job, and it started to blow up. Uh, we were kind of ahead of the time. We were learning how to like grow accounts with liking, following, just early growth hackers, essentially. And it worked out really well. Uh, so we got big clients like Dan Blazarian, you know, many more. 
Um, so it was really cool to figure that out. So I ended up leaving Cvent, even though I had a great career. Um, you know, I had the perfect corporate job, but I wanted to take that chance to go run this social media company. And I did. Uh, and I made a lot of amazing connections. That are the reason why I'm probably in LA now, um, just because I knew so many great people from running that company. Uh, then after that, we took the money from that company and decided to try to start a project management software company called ClickUp. And ClickUp was doing really well. We grew it and moved to Palo Alto because that's like, you know, the startup world. Mm-hmm. Then to San Francisco, uh, grew that company a lot. And then after speaking to Dan Fleischman, I decided it'd be a good decision to switch everything up and move to LA and hop in a brand new field. And that's where I'm at now. And, you know, I love working for him, love what we're doing here. And I love kind of being innovative and meeting all these entrepreneurs that are all right around here in my backyard in LA. I love that, man. And there's a lot to that. And basically 90% of entrepreneurs are essentially one man shows. So what that means is business finances and personal finances, pretty much one and the same, which is a big deal in the entrepreneur space. And on social media, you can see the success you've attained, the connections you have, but we all know you didn't start with success. Like you have to work at it and it takes day in and day out of working your ass off and putting in those long days. So growing through the ranks and getting to where you're at today, how did the management of your own personal finances play a role in that? Yeah. I mean, when I was first out of college, I just didn't really save anything. Right. I just kind of lived and worked and whatever I made was what I would spend. Then as I, I was just making like a normal salary, you know, 56 base plus commission, whatever, Obviously, I moved up in the ranks and that went up. But then when I started to work for the startup, uh, the social media company, we did really well and had a lot more money. Still didn't save too much. I still found a way to spend a lot. But I think I got smarter towards, um, towards the end because I knew we were going to be moving to California and I needed to you know, actually plan these things out. Um, so I, I think it made a pretty big part. I think that really what I learned is just, I don't want to sound cliche, but I, I started putting a lot back into myself, right? Like started reinvesting into mm-hmm. things that can help me grow and make me more of a better employee in the future. So I would go to these like Tony Robbins. I did like the Tony Robbins seminars a lot, like the, the masterminds, start investing in becoming parts of them, going to different events that became a big part, but then also travel. Like, honestly, I travel a lot and I take a lot of the money I make and I spend it on travel and I, people can agree or disagree. And it may not be the smartest thing overall, but I learned so much. I meet so many good people and I come back refreshed after I travel. So I, for me, it's something that works. I don't know if it does for everyone, but I spend a lot of money on travel. I think that being able to save my finances better helps me to do that. Yeah, I think travel is important because it's an experience. And they always say you get your money back, but you're not going to get your time back or the experiences back that you could have used that time for exactly. so utilizing that. But you said something that, that sparked a debate because investing in yourself is such a big thing. It's such a big deal to get to that next level, but it's such a gray area too. There's no rule of thumb for how much should I invest in myself? What yeah. should I invest in? What events should I go to? What has been your rule of thumb with that? Because I know for me, it has to be budgeted because this is a personal finance podcast. It has to make sense number wise. So what has been your strategy for that? You know, I think um, from being quite honest, there hasn't been much of a strategy. It's not like, hey, I'll spend a grand a month or five grand a month on personal. I think it's just, I look at it, I see opportunities that arise and I just kind of weigh it out. Like, hey, is it worth it? And the best thing I think I can give advice for is I'm in sales, right? So yeah. I can I can control a lot of the money I make. I can bust my ass and I can make more money. So I sometimes I like to just go buy something I shouldn't. And the reason being is the way my mind works is rather than just be like, oh, I'm out the whole 10 grand. No, I'm just going to figure out a way to make 10 grand. Like I'll just right. figure out a way to sell more. I'll find another client. I'll find another revenue stream. Um, so actually for me, I'm probably quite opposite than many people talk to anything else. I actually don't plan out like every month what I'm going to spend. But if I spend a little more than I should, I just make it. Like I, I just use it as a hustle. Right. Uh, and that's, 
been cool for me. Probably not a smart term for the longest run, but it, it works for me. I enjoy it every month. Like I'm just challenging myself. I'm not saying I'm like, hey, I got to make this to have it. But I, I basically look at it as if, if I buy a trip, I don't look at it as, hey, I just bought this trip for a thousand. I'm like, okay, I have to make a thousand more this month, no matter what. Like I just, if anything is extra in my expenses, I make make sure I find a way to cover it. Because in my mind, it's like, okay, I earned that. And I feel mm-hmm. so much better when I drive or I drive this car or whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, the reason it's such a gray area for, I think, a lot of people is there's no direct ROI on the investment in yourself. You know, you can buy a book, 20 bucks, and you can make a lot of money from it, but you really don't know what that direct ROI is going to be. But at the same time, too, it not making sense, it probably just has to feel right. It's just something I need to be there. I got to make this investment in myself. And at the same time, not viewing it as an expense, but just like what it is, and it's an investment. You're putting money away so you can get more money later, which I think is huge there. But it's an interesting topic because just to kind of digress, because you, you are in LA and elevator studio where you work, you work with a lot of big names being around those big names. I think it's interesting all what these big names spend money on. So what has been some crazy things you've seen in y'all's clients that are buying these ridiculous things? I mean, as for our clients, a lot of the clients, like, I mean, obviously one of our clients is Blazerian, so we've seen him buy a ridiculous house, yeah. the travel and and all that stuff. That was probably, and the parties have probably cost who knows how much, you know, at that ridiculous, awesome mansion. Um, I'd say he has some of the most, but I mean, we see a lot of entrepreneurs doing well and, you know, you see a lot of nice cars, you see a lot of trips, you see a lot of crazy watches just playing like crazy. So that, I mean, I've seen a lot, I've seen all the toys, man. I've seen a little bit of everything. It's usually you're, you're more like your personal entrepreneurs rather than like mm-hmm. a company. So our clients go like, you know, some we have your entrepreneurs and some we have um, like your brand. So to me, it's like, I, I hate when I see people spend too much on like a billboard or things like that. Like I'm sure they work maybe for Apple or something, but what Fleischman always says, it's like, we can get so many more eyeballs than that billboard online. You know, you can actually interact and just go straight to shop and stuff like that. So I hate when I see a lot of people spend just crazy amounts on billboard. They're not really growing their social or you know, even spending 10% of what they spend on these crazy billboards for their social or like Facebook ads and things like that. Right. And that's the end of the day too, is like, that's an investment as well, investing in those ads. And it's, it's going to give you an indirect ROI, but you could probably track it to an extent to where you see what you make. But speaking of enormous amounts of money, I heard a story about you in the lottery. Oh God. (laughs) So let's run through that story. Cause I, you know, I'm part of social X and I heard all you did for them. And that was a really interesting story of how you blew up through this. Yes. And my followers came and I guess the whole idea of how important social media could be, because I didn't care too much about it. So me and my college buddies, I think I was like 20 at the time, you know, we learned how to kind of hack and boost like retweets and stuff like that and likes. And uh, we decided I was going to try to like fake that I won the lottery. So I photoshopped a ticket, made it look really good. And I just boosted and put it out there. And I didn't think much of it. And then I was going to honestly go hang out with my friends. And then within like an hour and a half, I get a call from my family and they're like, Hey, did you win the lottery? I'm like, what, how would, what are you talking about? Like, why would you ask that? Like we have like news stations calling and I check back into Twitter and I'm like, Oh my God, like I've gained like 10,000 followers in no time. Everyone's tweeting and everyone's announcing me as the winner, like Fox, good morning, America. Um, the article's crazy. If you Google Chris Cunningham lottery, but yeah, essentially everyone thought I won the lottery and I realized how important followers were because people were really like talking about me. I had a lot of attention at the time and people really cared about how I had those followers. Cause like now it's a little easier to grow. You can do these giveaways and stuff. Right. But back then you, it was unheard of to grow the way I was growing and to be trending so it was really, really cool. And that's when we decided to kind of start the company. Yeah, that was a big part of how I got my followers early on. A lot of people hated me from it too, because it was, it was like an original troll, right? Like I was, I was lying to them. But it was a really funny story. I got reached out to about Taj.0. It was, it was a funny time. I was very popular on the college campus for like two weeks when everyone thought I was a lottery winner. 
That's but. hilarious. So that was the way you grew your following then. From what I understand, you were part of social media pretty early on when it was just starting to gain traction. I think people nowadays find it so hard to grow their social media accounts. It is I tough. Think it'd, be, it'd be nice to dive into what are the, the strategies that are working now to actually grow your Instagram account? So you have for quick growth, loop giveaways is what they're calling them now. So we're hosting one right now as we speak. We just launched the Dan Blazarian one uh, through our company, Charitable. Um, but yeah, the Dan Blazarian one is, is massive, right? So he's giving away a bunch of prizes. And then everyone who follows these 50 accounts who paid to get in will uh, have a chance to win a large amount of money, all kind of different prizes, right? So that's a quick way to gain followers. You'll lose a little bit, but if you have good content, you can keep them. So who knows, it might gain uh, whatever amount, X amount, and then they'll maybe lose 10% or so. But they still grow a lot of followers. So it's like a quick you know, kind of indirect growth. If you want a more targeted growth, you can run, you can do like little Facebook ads to your page and things like that. You can do your own giveaways, incentives. Um, a way that we use is we have a large connection to all the different accounts. So if you want to have like a really cool video made or something that's, that makes people want to follow you, then we'll pay to get it shared across these accounts, right? So if you're like a fitness person, we can have you on Instagram.com slash fitness. If you're stylish, we can put you in at fashion or at style. And that's one of the quicker ways to grow with shout outs and things like that. And then lastly, doing what you're doing now, like podcast stuff like that, adding value. Anywhere that you make content with someone else where they can share it to their following, so collabing, extremely helpful as well. And those are really the main ways anyone who tries to sell you on a dream of anything shorter is it just doesn't really work. You can do those little mass looking where you look at a bunch of, where you watch a bunch of people's stories, things like that, but that's all that'll play out. Like you need a good consistent plan to grow and it's usually just making good content and sharing it and then yeah. getting other creators to share. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I'm kind of new in this entrepreneur space and I'm trying to grow social media as well. And when you dive into like the YouTube videos, people are like, okay, you got to buy followers. You got to buy engagement. And my issue with that just firsthand is once you buy the followers and once you buy engagement, you can't stop. It's a black hole. Yeah. You got to keep doing it. So what, what, is your, what is your opinion on that? It sounds like obviously you have a negative opinion towards it, but it's a huge thing nowadays in the entrepreneur space of people making it seem like they are bigger than they actually are. Yeah, look, I get it. Um, it doesn't work well anymore just because Instagram, it's really good at deleting the followers. Like they've got it kind of to a T. So you might buy them from these sites, um, but a couple of days later, they're, used, they're slowly taking them away. Not really worth it, I think. And the same with engagement. They're taking away likes anyway. So there's really no, I think it's really just trying to get better content and then you know, you can get in engagement groups and stuff. You can have people comment. You can get together 10 of your best friends or something. You guys can always comment as soon as you post. That's what a lot of people do because um, it helps the algorithm. But yeah, I, I don't think, it's not that a negative thing. If, you, if someone wants to do it, I get it. I just don't think it's good for the long run. I think it's a good short-term play, but in the long run, you may as well try to grow more real followers are going to buy and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, got on a site that said it was real followers. No, yeah, it's not true. And it was like, it was like $2 for a hundred followers. So I paid for it. And I was like, I just want to see, you know, and all these Russian people start following me yeah. with fake account, like, yeah, fake accounts. And it's, it's weird because every single day since then, this is like two weeks ago, I have 50 followers that I lose. And then I have 50 more accounts that follow me. So it's like keeping me like I actually gained a hundred every single day. I just yeah. don't understand it. So Dang, but you can tell with these accounts that buy 40,000 followers at one time because then the next day they've already lost 10,000 of them. Just like that. You, there's bleeding out. Yeah. So I just think it's such a, it's such a dangerous game. It's a black hole because you can't stop at that point. And, and the engagement too, because I think that's where people really tell like, yeah, you can have a lot of followers. Say you have a hundred thousand followers. You go on what your re most recent picture. It's got 97 likes. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, 
this is not real. Yeah, so, it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And in today's age, you know, I think it's more of a game. You know, social media is just a huge game. And I want to ask, you know, let, let's assume, Chris, that, you know, you start a business today and no one knows who you are. You don't have any connections. How would you grow it on social media? What would be your methods? Yeah, I mean, I would first, just to get initial followers, I would want to either buy an account, like an already created account. So if I'm starting a fitness brand, I'm going to buy like a fitness account for maybe three grand or something that has 30,000 followers. Um, I'll use like Socialtopia or one of those sites, or Social Tradia, I think it's called. Um, and I'll pull it that way. That way I'm already starting with a little bit of following. Then I'll probably do some giveaways of people who have followers similar to the followers I want. So if I had a CBD brand, you know, so I would try to get into CBD pages or someone who has like, you know, like a Blizzarian who has that kind of following. And so then I would get that kind of initial huge growth. And then from there, I'd do a more targeted approach. Then I would start engaging and using like you know, different ads and things like that, promoting and kind of do it the more natural way and then grow. I would go to events. I think hosting events is really big. I, I, I would sponsor certain cool events. I know a lot of big influencers would be at so I can get them posting. And then I'd pay influencers to post my brand, um, you know, the right ones. I would take time and, and get a nice mix of, you know, massive, if I had a good budget of massive influencers, medium influencers, and your micro influencers. I want to hit them from every single angle. And that's how I would go about trying to build my social presence. And I'd also give really good content creators because content's everything. So I make sure I have really, everything's clean. Feed looks aesthetic. Videos are great. That would be my plan. Yeah, I know content's huge. We were just talking before, but uh, like the Paul brothers, Logan Paul and Jake Paul. And I know Dan is associated with Jake Paul, right? Yeah, very much so. And the content they post is ridiculous. Yeah. It's good. They get it done, man. Yeah, I mean, they get tons of views. They know what they're doing. They're really good. They're way smarter than everyone realizes. Like they know, I mean, everything they do is kind of calculated. And they yeah. do an incredible job. You know, that's the thing with people like that, like social media influencers, is, is you see them online, but they're businessmen at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, they have to be. They know how to grow it. And I was just watching the podcast with uh, on, on Impulsive where Jake Paul was on there. And Logan Paul was commenting on how much of a businessman Jake Paul actually is. Oh, yeah. He see. Is. He's good at business, but you don't see that on camera because everybody's different on camera. Yeah, because he's joking a lot. He is. He's, he's, I mean, he's really good. Him and Dan get along really well for that reason. Yeah. With this whole content creation, how do you see TikTok coming into the mix? Because TikTok is a huge deal now, and you have just the average individual getting on TikTok and getting 100,000 views just like that. It's so crazy how it works. I think TikTok's going to make a big play. Like, I mean, it's here. It's not going anywhere. Um, you know, I think that it's got the money behind it got the ability to go viral which people love so now everyone is getting on it because they think they could go viral which they can the growth is cool i, I think tiktok is going to be around i think triller is a really good one as well uh, i think they have a great team they've got a great investment um, really nice office too they're very similar i think you have to watch out for both of them um, there's also still halanis who's really solid as like an e-commerce more platform that, is that dan's we're associated we work in, in okay it's, uh, it's under a guy named Richard Halanis and Hayden Halanis. Awesome, awesome app. I think it'll be great once, uh, once they get it moving. So I think there's a lot to watch out for, too, because I think Instagram you know, could keep messing up. They keep taking away things and make the algorithm so annoying. Like, if I hit the follow button, I should be able to see your content. Like, it shouldn't be hidden from me. I think it's a big problem that people will, you know, that could be the, the downfall. But TikTok's there. I personally love TikTok because it's just kind of cringy. You know, it's just these different challenges. But I get why it's popular, and I'm trying to be cool and, and get with it and post on it. <laughs> it's hard for me to like it. Like, yeah. Know, it's hard too. I found, you know, people who are an entrepreneur on Instagram going to TikTok and making videos that are trying to be funny. It is cringy. And you're like, okay, I don't see you in this way. 
Well, yeah, just keep teaching me. Don't try to make me laugh. <laughs> exactly. It's the name of the game. So do you, do you eventually see TikTok taking over social media completely and Instagram kind of taking a backseat? Hmm. That'd be a very large statement. I think it's, it's be tough for Instagram to lose, right? I think, I don't know if Instagram will take a backseat. Uh, I think that, I think TikTok's going to keep growing for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I think maybe Instagram will get smart, maybe pull some of TikTok's features or things that make them popular. So I think we'll see a lot of changes in the next like two years, but usually every like seven years, I feel like there's a new big one that comes out and takes over. So I feel like we're almost overdue soon. So TikTok could, could blow up. Triller could do some cool things and pop in the mix. You don't know. Um, and who knows what else will come out in the next like year or two, but I, TikTok will be around. I'm not saying it's going to take over everything though. At least I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. But it's taking over right now. It seems like it's, it's, it's fast as growing. It's growing yeah. faster. Yeah. Sure. So, so Chris, tell me what's the long-term goal for you? Man, yeah, that's a good question. I keep getting asked a lot, so I should probably get it figured out. Um, you know, one, I really like my job currently. Like, I'd love to say, hey, I'm looking to grow up and do my ex company, X, Y, Z. I really like building Elevator right now. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in it. We have the 100 million mastermind uh, that Fleischman's doing. Uh, we have so many other companies we're getting involved in. So, there's just so much to this. I'm just trying to redefine myself, I'm trying to get better every day in my sales acumen. I'm trying to get more, uh, more responsible, take on more, more responsibility of all these different companies, add more value to everyone here. Cause there's a lot of good people, man. Like uh, even like our CEO, Joey Carson, who's, you know, basically founded reality TV, CEO of Buena Murray, Fox started uh, the real world and things like that. So we have really, really cool people are doing a lot of things. I meet a lot of cool connections being in his world. So I think I just want to redefine myself so I can make a name for myself as well. Yes. Yeah, so I want to make elevator as big as it can be and then become the best version of myself, uh, you know, both my job and who I am. I just want to be a great person overall. I just want to help people. Like, I don't really care about, I don't need to be the richest guy in the world or any of that. I yeah. just want to you know, become a good person and really grow and just kind of find my own niche in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked that cause I want to tie it back into finance. So like with the long-term plan, you know, that's a goal essentially, where do you want to be? And another goal that I see people having is a financial success measure. And that's different for everybody. And in my opinion, I don't ever think anyone reaches their version of financial success because yeah. when they get close to it, that level just escalates to an entirely new level. It's just what human beings do. So what does that look to you right now? And how do you see that changing over time in terms of where you want it to be? I know you said money is not an object for you, which is cool, but everyone has goals in regards to money, in my opinion. It's not that money's not necessarily like an object. I mean, money's important. I need to, right. I think I just don't look at it the same way as everyone else. I'm not like, Oh, I have to make this. I have to do this. Like I've never been that way. Obviously I want to make more. Like I have goals and that, but I think right now just it's, it hasn't been about the money to be honest. Like a lot, like when I first started working with Dan, I just didn't even ask him. I wouldn't even take his money. Um, you know, like I just, I wouldn't, I wanted, I didn't want to have that kind of relationship. I wanted to just help him out. I think that's honestly what got me in my career the most was not caring about the money. I've done so much work for free that I'll never get paid for. And I just don't even care. And even though I should, I should go back and collect and, all these things, but I think really, um, you know, it's good to set goals. I think I, and I, I do have goals, right? I mean, I, would, I like to have, I like to be able to just travel the world and do what I want, but I don't have that. And maybe it's just me being weird. I don't have that number in my head. Like, oh, I need to make 2 million a year. I don't have any number like that. I know I need to make more. So I know I need to get to work and get better. Um, but there, you know, there is no, um, there hasn't, I'm just not a guy like that for some reason. I don't know. I've never been, um, one of the needs or maybe it's being from a small town or whatever else. I think that, um, again, I, I do think finance is important. I have people who help me with all this. So I have like a, um, I have like a whole team that does you know, all my taxes and helps me with basically with, you know, I have my own company and all that stuff. Like all that I have help with. So I think it's, I think it's good if you're not good at focusing on it to find someone like you who's a pro um, to let them do it for you. Cause I, um, I'd rather just keep trying to make money and 
let them be smart about what I'm doing with it. Yeah. We, I had a, a company with some business partners and we talk about that. Like you're good at what you're good at. And since we're good at like the finance side, like let us focus on that. Yeah. And I, I think that's huge because like time is really important to you and you don't get it back. And if you spend your time doing something that you're not good at, and that, that's the debate too, is, you know, everyone says like, get better at your weaknesses. I don't agree with that. I think you should hone in on your strengths because that's just what you're naturally good at and let someone else like delegate your weaknesses. And it seems like too, just from an outside perspective on Dan Fleischman, that's what he does. He's really good at what he does, but what he's oh, not yeah. good at, he just has the connections for someone else to do it for him. You could have said it better. I mean, he just knows everyone, right? So he knows exactly who to plug in for everything. If he needs, he's got the best PowerPoint guy, debt guy, whatever, you know, keynote upstairs. He's got really good accounting, whatever he needs, he has the best. So it's just like he, he hits them up and he also, not only does he use them, but he also recommends them. So like if you're friends with Dan and you're really, really good at your job, chances are you're basically booming because he's going to keep sending you people. Because he, first off, he loves to be the guy to plug you and say, Hey, you need a good person. I know a good person. And then that works out well for him, you know, but as long as you keep delivering. Yeah. Connections are definitely everything. And when we were at the mastermind in Vegas, he solidified that of like everybody he knows and then seeing pictures of the hundred million mastermind of Mark Wahlberg there, Chris Tucker, Tyga. I'm like, who is this guy? And yeah. how does he know all these celebrities? Magic Johnson. I was like, what? Chris yeah. Jenner? Crazy. It was, all, it was a really good experience. It's insane, man. But we're gonna go and start wrapping up. And I always like to end these podcast episodes with five rapid fire questions. And honestly, they don't pertain to anything that has to do with this podcast. So the rules are you got five to 10 seconds to answer. And your first answer is your final answer. So question number one, would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? <laughs> oh man, fur. Would you rather know the history of every single object you ever touched or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. Would you rather live the rest of your days in an RV or on a sailboat? RV. Only one mode of transportation, a donkey or a giraffe? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not super tall, so I guess I'm going to go with the donkey. It's the only way I'm going to get it moving. And this one you might have to spend the whole 10 seconds on. All right. In your opinion, your most valuable asset, is it yourself or your time? Mm, that's a really good one. I'm going to say myself because I think it's also like, man, I almost want to change it. <laughs> Myself is part of how I spend my, how my habits are how I spend my time, I guess, right? So, I mean, the time at the end of the day is the most valuable, but I think like making myself getting good habits to spend my time wisely is probably the best way to. So that's a really, really good question. And I guess I'm 50, 50. <laughs> no, it, it's crazy. I, I posted that on Instagram, uh, like a little poll and it was half and half. That's such a good question because I'm, I'm mind blown. Like I'm like, uh, I mean, it should be myself, right? Cause I'm spending my time. Like an, if I have a bunch of time, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Then what have I done? Right. But if I'm, yeah, if I'm not using my time wisely, I think it's myself to learn to use my time wisely because that's a big, God, such a big part of your life. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a big part. So let's let's end this episode too, which is giving one point of action for my audience to take with them. Uh, it can be personal finance, it can be business, social media, whatever you're thinking is the most important piece of them to focus on right now. Yeah, I mean, mine is nothing that no one's heard before, but I just I know it's true, and I know no one, not many people do it because I mean, I see you know, Flight's been speaking all these events, but I say fine. Like find someone who's doing something really cool and that is doing what you want to do and, and just find a way to help them. I swear, I swear every time, like find a way to truly, not just like a little bit, like, uh, you know, get them on a podcast or like find a way to truly add value where they, they need you. Uh, and you'll be, it's crazy to see where you can go. Like I've seen so many people actually follow that. Um, 
there's these twins who I met, things like the pseudo twins, or I probably saying their last name wrong. But they did the same thing uh, with like Jim Quick or someone, and they're like with him now. He's changed their whole life, and they're working with him just because they started trying to take Instagram stories for him. Yeah, you know, he needed that. So you never know. Um, so I, I really, I just believe it because it's, it's been a big part of every single job I've had. I had a value before, and just and work later and did more than I should have, and it just always works. So as complicated as you can make all this stuff and all this like great things, really, that is one of the best things for my career. I think that, you know, goes hand in hand with the connection side. And when your connections are out of this world, you know, you've seen with Dan Flashman, like you can do whatever you want. Insane. You know, it's so insane. And also follow up on all your relationships, like stay in touch with everyone, you know, like just send them a message here and there, whatever, like stay in touch with everyone you can. Yeah. I, I think that's a big one too, especially with the podcast because people who interview other people on their podcast, once that interview stops, like the relationship ends it's a bad thing for them to do because you could hone in on that relationship. You've already kind of built that connection and made it a little warmer and you can kind of take it to another level. How can you add value to their life? Just like you said, and just building that connection over time because you never know who that person can connect you to down the road. hundred percent. I agree. You never know. Yeah. You really never know. So we're going to go and wrap up completely. Where can my audience find you on social media? Yeah. Just at Cunningham. Uh, my last name. Sweet. Find him on Instagram at Cunningham. And Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Brady, thank you so much, man. Had a blast. Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.